Thank goodness we have this in our lives. Every generation has fallen in love with the Star Wars characters, and J.J.'s movie reignites the, this phenomenon that will just continue, you know, beyond uh, this generation into future generations. It's never going to stop. Okay, so only on Blast Points will you find the hard-hitting questions that the other Star Wars podcasts refuse to ask. Is E.T. a Jedi? Some things you're not meant to discover. <laughs> and the but, truth is too too hard to grasp. It, but it, but there's, there's facts. There's pages and pages of facts. Not just theory, facts. Connecting E.T. to that ancient religion known as the Jedi. And we're going to be digging into that a little bit later. We got a lot of, we, we had research going all week. We had a team of researchers. We had to go to the library and get out the microfilm stuff. <laughs> we had to go way back. Top colleges. We got the greatest minds in the world <laughs> pulling together information for us. Uh, we're going to blow some minds. Yeah. Get ready. You're going to want to sit down later. Or maybe through the whole thing. You're going to want to just sit down through this whole thing. if You know. Yeah. You might just want to lay down. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, uh, hello, Star Wars fans and move milkers everywhere. And welcome to episode number 47 of Blast Points. This is Jason. And this is Gabe. And before we get to the, uh, the controversial news with E.T. and being a Jedi, uh, there's some other news to go over. Probably the biggest news was was with the Han Solo movie this week. Han Solo. 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 They cast Lando. Yeah, we got we got a young Lando, Donald Glover, who I feel like he was pretty much the only name we heard a while back being in the running for the part too. Yeah, I wonder if they'll ever, um, if they even thought of other people. I would think they did. If they had, what, 2,000 people for Han, there's probably at least more than one <laughs> for Lando, but he's the only one anyone ever heard about. And he always seemed like just naturally the right choice. Like, as soon as his name came up, like, oh, yeah, of course. Right. Yeah, everyone's like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he's perfect. He seems great. Um, he sure seems like he's going to do a great job. I think it's, you know, we're definitely going to see... 
young Han and Lando to, to probably no one's surprise. You go back a long way, Lando and me. Did you trust him? No. I just I do think it's exciting to have confirmation though that Lando is in the movie because they're you know everyone assumed Lando was in the movie, but until they actually cast him, you didn't know. Because I'm more excited, I think, to get some Lando backstory than even Han, just because Han's in the movies a lot more than Lando is. So it's exciting to get some more some more Lando story. Well, and it's interesting to think about that. It seems like with the with the actors' ages, this is going to take place before we meet Lando in Rebels. So I can see. I guess that makes sense as far as them doing a movie. That that's kind of the sweet spot timeline they keep hitting right now with mm-hmm. Rogue One being in that timeline, Rebels being in that timeline, and then this. So it all kind of ties together. Hello, what have we here? Let me congratulate you. This is huge news, and uh, you're in Star Wars. You're going to be in the next show. Yeah. 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 It's really crazy. I don't know. I'm very, like, honored. Like, it's a very big deal. Like, there's this thing going around on the internet of me in a Star Wars T-shirt when I was in high school. So it's been a, a long thing. So that we, you already were projecting it when you were young. Yeah, already. Yeah. Uh, like, that was the first toy I had, Lando. Wow. That was the very first. I remember it like yesterday. My dad gave it to me. I had a, I had a Darth Vader one too. I told my dad immediately, like I was like, oh, he's like, oh, awesome. And my mom was in the back. She was like, don't mess it up. <laughs> like, she's like, I mean, she's like, don't mess this up. Yeah. She's like, because Billy D is like, that's hers. Yeah. Like, you know. Well. <laughs> They haven't confirmed who's playing Chewie yet, have they? If it's going to be the Force Awakens guy? Probably. I wonder if they'll do like a similar thing where um, they use Peter Mayhew like for the close-ups and whenever they can, if he's sitting in the Falcon or something. Oh, that's, you know, I didn't even think about that, that they might still use Peter Mayhew a little bit. I guess I was kind of feeling like after episode seven that he would, I thought he even said he retired. Yeah, did Peter Mayhew, was he, did he do work on eight? Because I thought he pretty much retired after seven. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, if you know the answer out there, write us, drop us a line, let us know. Did Peter Mayhew do anything in eight? Because I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because if they stick with that schedule with it coming out in May, there's going to be a lot more Han updates coming really quick. Because they're going to, what? They'll probably start filming in a matter of months. Take away his laser pistol, Lobot. You'll pay for this Lando Calrissian. Han Solo and other action figures each sold separately. Oh, not check the carbon freezing chamber. Ready, sir. Why did you do it? The Empire tricked me, Han. I had no choice. Prepare for freezing. Long live the Alliance. Goodbye, my friend. Lando Calrissian and new Han Solo, Ugnaught, and Lobot action figures each sold separately from Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection from Kenner. So Gareth Edwards was doing a bunch of interviews this week, and one of the things he was talking about was uh, Krennic, about how Krennic is in charge of the advanced weapons research wing of the Empire, and he hits a brick wall in the hierarchy that won't let him in the club. It's going to turn into them or us situation, either Krennic or Tarkin and the others, which is interesting. Yeah, it seems pretty cool with Rogue One that they're almost... It looks like it's just going to be the standard Rebels versus Empire, but it seems like they're setting up kind of all these sub 
groups within where you have Krennic as an Imperial, but he kind of doesn't get along with Vader or Tarkin and the kind of elite Imperials. And then with the Rebels, you have Saw's group who potentially doesn't get along with the Rebel, regular Rebel group. So it kind of seems, it's cool that there's all these like gray areas of kind of who gets along with who. Right. Different factions dividing in the two, in the different groups. And didn't they say they specifically made Krennic not have a British accent just to kind of stand him apart from the, the usual Imperials? Right, yeah. We will deal with your rebel friends soon enough. We will then crush the rebellion with one swift stroke. The fleet has moved out of light speed and we're preparing to... He was also talking about the overall whole thing of the movie, and he said, even though we're not telling the story of Luke, Sky Luke Skywalker, it was important to me that we capture some themes and emotion, talking about kind of like the sins of the father and redemption of the father. But the film doesn't unfold as you think. It's not the same path as Star Wars. Now, that made me think, now, we had heard in the past that there still may be some big surprises, some unexpected things in Rogue One. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but you think like a lot of conversations we've had and conversations other people have is, well, in the end, you know, they've got to upload the the plans to Princess Leia and all that stuff. But I wonder if there is something big in there that weren't people aren't really expecting. I think the other thing he was saying in some of the interviews, which was interesting too, is just how. In a normal film, you kind of struggle to figure out how the movie ends. And in this case, um, probably similar to Revenge of the Sith, like, you know, they know the ending. And the trick is now getting getting to that ending in an interesting and inciting way. What, the, what, what do we not know that they are doing in there? Yeah. Because it does, I mean, we'll find out, but it does feel like they're not giving a lot away in the trailers. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's like the more I watch that last trailer, the more I think about, like, it is kind of retreading kind of some of the same ground we saw in the other trailers. They show, yeah, because... They show us more of what we saw, but kind of like, unlike the Force Awakens trailer, like a new Force Awakens trailer would come out and we'd be like, oh my god, what is that? You know? Mm-hmm. And Rogue One, we've just kind of seen the same group of scenes and shots... Yeah, and even the, the photos they're releasing, like they released a couple photos last week as well. The one with Jin and Bodhi and a bunch of rebels in the back, and uh, one of the rebel pilots who's from one of the the sweet uh, Tops trading card app pictures. And then there's another picture of K2SO with Jin in handcuffs. Mm -hmm. But again, it's like that's all the same moment in the film potentially, and we're just getting more of these few moments that we've seen instead of brand new stuff. Can we talk about that card trader app photo of the rebel pilot with the mustache, though? How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about that all day. The So the card trader app, like, updated. It, I don't know if this picture had been out before. It might have. But it hit, and there's a picture of a rebel pilot. It's like three rebel pilots from Rogue One. But the guy on the far left... He's got this long hair and this mustache. He looks like a lion. And he's and the, for whatever reason, the pilots are all like glistening, like they like <laughs> Vaseline them or something. This guy's obviously the leader, right? 
I, I think so. Even if he's not the leader, he thinks he's the leader, and everyone <laughs> follows him anyway. He's a lion leader, I think. I was saying his, his name might be Fabio. <laughs> yeah, maybe. F, like apostrophe, B-I-O, <laughs> Fabio. He's incredible. Yeah, he's our, our new favorite. Yeah, I'm waiting for the, the the Black Series figure of him. Oh. Which he'll have to come with two heads because there's no way the if it's plastic, the hair will fit in the helmet. <laughs> But it's crazy to see two. I guess every rebel pilot has a mustache, as they should, <laughs> which is pretty incredible. Yeah, because I'm trying to think if we've even seen a picture of a rebel pilot who doesn't have a mustache. No, other than that, the female one, she did not have a mustache. Well, as far as we know, yeah, we don't know everything about her. That's true. Um, Maybe heat of battle. The mustaches grow. Like the more X-wings you shoot down, the thicker the mustache grows. Which is why that guy in the middle of the picture, his mustache is still filling in. <laughs> He's new. He's new. He doesn't have enough kills yet. Well, why doesn't uh, Wedge have a mustache in episode four then, though? Because well, he's Wedge. That's how good Wedge is. Yeah. He doesn't even need one. <laughs> he doesn't even, Everyone's like, well, you don't even have a mustache. You must be good. <laughs> Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 7 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 2 standing by. Red 11 standing by. Red 5 standing by. Lock air spoils in attack position. There was a little bit of episode 8 news. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 8. Daisy Ridley was interviewed by Vulture, and they asked her the question that just won't quit when we're going to find out or what the deal is with Ray's parents, her parentage. What's going on with that? And her reply was, we will see in a year. Just sit tight on that question. So that seems to say that we'll get that question answered in episode eight. It would seem that way. I mean, I was fine with waiting until nine. Yeah, I think so long as it makes sense why it's revealed and it's not just like, oh, by the way, you're, here's your mom. And then they just like go to other, back to other stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> she finds like a, she gets an email and it's like, hey, hey, Ray, it's your mom. <laughs> she ch- checks her email and Lex Luthor tells her. Yeah. <laughs> There's like an old faded picture of her mom. <laughs> yeah. Or her mom comes back through time. Yeah. Ray, don't trust Luke. <laughs> it's Lois. It's Lois Lane. She's the king. Well, that smells stinkawiff. I mean, I feel like no matter what the answer they give is, people will not be happy. Yeah, probably, because at this point it's become, like, people want to know so bad that, yeah, it's like the anticipation so high it's going to be hard to not be disappointed if it's not what you thought it was going to be. But what Pablo on Twitter, Pablo Hidalgo, was fielding some interesting questions on that matter last week, right? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the short circuit theory? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Five, Mr. Five, tell us how you feel. How do I feel? I feel alive! <laughs> 
it's a tweet from him about uh, basically showing uh, Ali Sheedy and Johnny Five from Short Circuit and how much that looks like Ray looking up at the ship that left her on Jakku <laughs> and implying that I guess that Johnny Five's head is the ship that leaves <laughs> Ray on Jakku. It's pretty good. Uh, it makes total sense to me. No one, no one saw it coming. <laughs> So there was a little bit of Rebels news. So we got plot descriptions and a couple more titles for episodes coming out for the rest of uh, the first half of this season. So the next episode that comes out on Saturday is Imperial Super Commandos. And that's the one we've all seen the clips from with Sabine and... um, and the Mandalorians, which when we were talking about this before, and we were talking about being like the Death Troopers, or not Death Troopers, like the we, Dark Dark Troopers. Yeah. But I totally but forgot, not. like, the Mando, uh, Mandalorian Super Commandos. I totally forgot about that connection. Yeah, I did too. If I wonder if the the uh, this robot Dark Trooper things, then it's going to be the second half of the season. Could be. So then after that is the episode Iron Squadron. Where it says, Ezra and Sabine join forces to subdue a young pilot ace and his crew who foolishly are ris- who are who are foolishly risking their lives. That is the only way they can defend their home. Yeah, I wonder what that's gonna be. Yeah, I know. Another young pilot ace. And then we have our favorite, the Winkathu job, which I was really disappointed is not about them going to a concert. I know, I was really bummed to read that. But it still sounds pretty cool. It does. The Rebels join forces with ruthless pirates to salvage a freighter full of weapons the Rebellion needs. However, the mission turns out way more dangerous than they expected. So do we think this is going to be new ruthless pirates? Or Hondo? Or is this Hondo and the Ugnaughts? Let's let's hope for Hondo and the Ugnaughts. No, you cannot have a double chair, you greedy little pig! What do you mean the deal's off? No, Servo, wait! This is not good business! <laughs> no! Well, I guess the deal is off. Because I think Hondo and a crew of Ugnats are pretty ruthless, so... The most ruthless. Yeah. Ruthless and toothless. He's rough and toothless. <laughs> and he's rough and or tough and ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> maybe at, maybe the mission turns out way more dangerous than they expected. Means they have to go to the Zebrock concert. And Thrawn and Spalco are there. still could happen that's i believe it it's it could happen i'm not i'm not counting it out yeah it's gonna be at least a month before you can prove us wrong (laughs) (laughs) so so we're sticking to our theory (laughs) that the concert is still in the winkathu job let's hope yeah And after that, we got an episode called An Inside Man, where this this sounds really interesting. Looking for information on a new Imperial weapon. Hmm? 
Mm, what could that be? Mm. Ezra and Kanan break into an Imperial factory on Lothal. However, they have to trust an enemy to escape from a building that is about to be locked down. Um, so the title, An Inside Man, I mean, they've already got Mads Mikkelsen's brother. What if they got Mads Mikkelsen on there to voice Galen Erso? Jim, whatever I do, I do it to protect you. So you understand? I understand. Is he the That'd be inside? pretty cool. He could be the inside man. He could be. They have to That'd truck. be a good Well, and actually, what are we thinking? Let's see, that's... How many weeks is that, then? Because there's two weeks of break in here, right? So That would be kind of right before Rogue One. Yeah, that would be roughly six weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Which is going to be pretty close to Rogue One, so yeah, maybe. And then right after that, you got um, Visions and Voices. And this is going to come out probably right around the same time as Rogue One, which makes sense. Haunted by Visions of Maul. Ezra has to journey across the galaxy. Upon arriving at his destination, he has to participate in a strange ritual to sever his connection to Maul. Yeah, I thought that was interesting that they're setting up, or there's almost some sort of subconscious link now between him and Maul. Yeah. That they are almost like a master and Padawan relationship unintentionally. And Ezra wants to cut it off. Like, he's done with all that. He's not shopping at Hot Topic anymore. You can only have so many black t-shirts. <laughs> Unless they're Star Wars shirts, then. Yeah, then you then you can have the closets full. But Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if he is going to Tatooine, too. Oh, yeah. Or it could be, um, where do the Night Sisters live? Dathomir. Dathomir, thank you. Yeah. But hey, we should probably, this kind of ties in a little bit with last week's incredible Clone Wars throwback love Rebels episode. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, by them kind of making it a, like a official ending of Clone Wars, does that mean they're going to stay away from tying in Clone Wars stuff in the in Rebels from now on? Or was that just it was just cool to make it seem like an ending? Because like, didn't you say it's hinted that the uh, the remaining squad might join the rebellion at some point? Yeah. Well, and even um, what was it? Henry Gilroy on Rebels Recon was talking about that. Kalani could hire himself out as an advisor to someone like the Huts. I also thought that once Kalani sees that the Rebellion destroys the Death Star and starts actually making it a fight with the Empire, he might reconsider joining them. Yeah, because it makes me wonder then if, if they would... I mean, they still have Maul who has ties to things that happened in the Clone Wars. Like, would they go to Dathomir because it makes sense for Maul, or would they stay away from that because they're kind of using last episode as a... Other than Rex being around, like, a clean break from Clone Wars stuff. I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's no way they can avoid talking about the Clone Wars or using Clone Wars stuff still. But... Well, I guess, right, if, since now that the the new Phantom is a separatist ship, it's kind of going to be there every episode at this point, reminding you, though. That's okay. true. Yeah, I keep hoping there's going to be an episode with basically the... That last battle droid squad where they team up with our two three PO chopper and uh, chopper's friend the Death Star droid guy. Yeah, AP five. Who we still AP five still have not seen AP five this season. And they just have an all droid mission. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, maybe they have to rescue the little frog guy from uh, from Clone Wars. <laughs> 
Except for it'll be five episodes this time instead of three. <laughs> and each of the five episodes will be two hours long. Yeah. Well, this is a fine mess you mechs got us into. Look at this. All the database says is Abapar, information on planet void. I started thinking with the last battle last week, uh, I wonder, I mean, I know like a lot of people think that the the next Star Wars animated series could be set in the... um, the new sequel timeline, which does make sense, but I was also wondering too if if Filoni in the cartoon series, if it goes like Clone Wars, Rebels, and then the next show will be set during the Galactic Civil War period. Oh, interesting. So actually kind of in between four, five, and six or while, kind of Yeah, or while those movies jumping are jumping around in those time that yeah, time frame. Or it's following a group of characters where their stories may overlap with the events of the films like there may be like oh we're moving the rebel base to hoff now or something if it did if it followed instead of just jumping past that time and going into the post return the jedi timeline if it just kind of stayed right in that original trilogy timeline it could be could be interesting to watch because it would yeah it almost be like clone wars at that point where in between two and three there's all this clone Wars story and then they could either go you know they could go between New Hope and Empire or post-Empire before Jedi, which is kind of what some of the older comic strips did, which right. was really kind of cool stuff to see. But, man, on the other hand, I mean, I guess maybe if they have two, if they ever get to the point of having two animated shows, because I just can't see them not doing stuff between six and seven just because now that the movies have jumped past that, there's like 30 years of time to tell stories. Um, and then other than the couple novels, it's like, I think that's, those are the time periods that people are really excited about finding out what happened and how the rise of the first order. And, um, but maybe that, maybe they would want to wait till after eight and nine so that they can dig into that stuff and not give anything away from the main film stories. Well, it's, it's like that potion her in the Jedi before force awakens era, it would be interesting because that, and that, I feel like that's why that era is so well suited for books because there aren't there aren't wars going on like it's brewing, like the first order is growing, and there's like bloodline with Princess Leia, and there's all this stuff kind of growing, but there aren't. It's like for the New Republic, it's like an era of peace. Like there's no empire. Yeah. The first order isn't there yet. It's growing, but not as we see it in like force awakens. So yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about it that way. It'd be interesting. Cause really at that point, the most interesting thing would just be to follow Luke and kind of what his journey was and how he decided to disappear. And yeah, I couldn't see them the, doing that in a cartoon though. yet. Yeah. Cause it ultimately ends poorly. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, maybe they will stick to uh, later in the original trilogy timeline. Because, I mean, I, at that point, too, right? Maul, or not Maul, Kanan and Ezra could still be the characters. And yeah. it's like, what are they doing during the original trilogy? And the whole ghost crew, I mean, almost could, they could just keep doing Rebels. Yeah, I mean, they could, like, here's the Galactic Civil War, 
And this week's special guest is Kanan and Ezra. What are they? Where are they? Yeah, maybe we'll find out more at uh, Celebration. Oh, I bet we will. The arrival. The search. The desertion. The discovery. The wonderment. The hope. I'm keeping him. Universal Pictures presents a new film from the director of Raiders of the Lost Ark, Steven Spielberg's E.T. The Extraterrestrial, rated PG, now playing at a theater near you. So Gabe, we better get to the really important stuff. The nitty gritty. The nitty gritty. The important things that matter in the world today. The hard, hard hitting facts about E.T. and Star Wars. For my ally is the Force, and the powerful ally it is. Life creates it, makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. The question everyone asks every day, everyone, is not just theory. It's not. We're going to prove it? We got, we got pros on the point, and we got cons on the point. We got things that say yes, and we got things that say no. But well, and, well, and you can make up your mind at the end how you feel. We're not going to tell you how to feel on this, you know, like all important decisions. You should make up your own mind. It's up to you. It's up to you. So first off, the question of is E.T. a Jedi, kind of, it's, the clues have always been there, but it kind of burst onto everyone's uh, consciousness, I think around 2014 where there, I think there was a Reddit thread where some guy made a picture basically saying is ET a Jedi and giving some of his reasons why he thought it was true. And it kind of blew people's minds. And there was a lot of discussion of whether it's true, whether it's plausible, whether it's nonsense. And it's something I think Jason and I have been thinking about way too much <laughs> in the last three years. So it's time to really, I think, put it to rest and, uh, Look at the look at the facts. Look at the truth, and and decide. Well, at least what we think. If is ET a Jedi? Let's go by what we see on film, and let's start with Spielberg's 1983 film ET: The Extraterrestrial. First, ET is an alien. Yes, Star Wars has he's, a. He's not from Earth. He's not from Earth. Star Wars has a lot of aliens. Star Wars <laughs> does not take place on Earth. Right away, we see ET. He's making stuff float. We see Anakin. Over and over again in Attack of the Clones, making a little ball float, making pairs float. Jedis can make stuff float. If Master Obi-Wan caught me doing this, he'd be very grumpy. Yeah, and it's not something that you just do lightly, because Luke didn't make anything float. No, he struggled really? to make some rocks Intel float. Empire, and he had a hard time with it. Yeah, he had a real hard time, yeah. And even Anakin really wasn't making things float until Attack of the Clones after he had some Jedi temple training. Yeah, and pretty much it's his favorite thing to do in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Even if Obi-Wan gets grumpy. <laughs> it's how cool it is. It's totally worth grumpy Obi-Wan to do it. There's the most famous part where E.T., they're out for Halloween, and he sees a little kid going by in a Yoda costume, and he's saying, home, home, home. Like, if you knew, if E.T. is real, 
and Star Wars is real, and there's no Steven Spielberg, and there's no George Lucas, well then, E.T. recognized Yoda, or a kid dressed as Yoda, and as part of his home. And also, Elliot shows E.T. Star Wars action figures. These are toys. These are little men. Screedo. And then this is Hammerhead. See, this is Walrus Man. And this is Snaggletooth. And this is Lando Calrissian. See? And this is Boba Fett. So that creates a very interesting scenario where are we getting into Journal of the Wills territory here? George, the, the story, I think we mentioned it before on Blast Points, where George Lucas found an alien thing that he decoded the beginning and the end of, and that, you know... Star Wars actually is the stories of a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Right, that it really happened. Yes. I mean, that's what the trailer said, right? This could be happening right now. Yeah. Somewhere in space, this may all be happening right now. They gave us that clue back in 76, 77. Yeah. Again, going by that this whole thing is real... In Phantom Menace, we have a group of E.T. senators. I move for a vote of no confidence in Chancellor Valorum's leadership. So they're there. Like, E.T. then was cemented in the Star Wars universe. On film, it's there. It's there. And Yoda was a frequent visitor to the Senate. Yes, as as head of the Jedi Council. So, even if the general ET population weren't aware of Yoda, at least the senators were. So there is some population of ET aliens who know who Yoda is. Yes, and, it go- and they know about the Republic. They know about the Jedi Council. It, it, and it goes even it goes even deeper. So. In the E.T. book of the Green Planet, which was the uh, like the semi-sequel book that came out to the movie E.T., it mentions several names that other alien species gave E.T.'s home planet. And one of them is Brodo Asogi, which translates to Green Planet. Now, you had around the time of... Like episode two, do you remember when they were doing on, I think it was on hyperspace, the HowlNet News reports? Mm-hmm. Now, HowlNet News volume 53150 mentions that Senator Griebliebs of Brodo Asogi, the planet mentioned in the Book of the Green Planet, has funded an expedition to another galaxy. Now, now Griebliebs also should be noted is Spielberg spelled backwards. Yes. So that out and out meant like references there in the HoloNet news, probably the trip that E.T. took. It's all right there. But if he was to go to another galaxy, would he then travel to perhaps through time? 
in another dimension? Yeah, I guess we don't really know because they haven't gotten into that level of detail in the Star Wars universe as far as other than their normal hyperspace travel if there is some other sort of more intense intergalaxy travel that may mess with time. Another thing which I think has changed since E.T. came out too is now with Revenge of the Sith and everything that happened with Order 66 and the Jedi becoming fugitives. Oh, yes. Maybe E.T. wasn't a full-fledged Jedi, but his family, knowing that basically the Empire was coming to kill the Jedi and capture or kill Force-sensitive beings, that they sent E.T. on that mission to get him basically as far away from the Star Wars galaxy as possible. Mm. Well, and let's think about E.T.'s, uh, his abilities also, like his healing abilities. Well, there was a whole series of books, the MedStar series, about Jedi healers. Oh, yeah, right. And E.T. had healing power. Yeah. And there was, uh, in season six of Clone Wars, there was the Jedi doctor, um, Rig Nima, who was, you know, we didn't, we didn't really see what her, the full extent of her Jedi doctor abilities were. I always thought it was weird she didn't knew Yoda. She didn't know about Yoda's anatomy, which is kind of weird. But well, except for as far as we know, Yoda's the only alien of his species still around anywhere. So maybe he's a you know except for Yaddle. Yeah, but she she moved away. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she got out too. Like where's where's she's maybe the the strongest Jedi of them all. She was like things are not going to go well. I'm getting out of here now. Maybe she went to Earth too. Maybe that's another movie that hasn't come out yet, like The Adventures of Yaddle. It'd be like Mac and, she... Mac and Me. Mac and Me too. Yaddle and Me. Yeah. A or little... she was flying the ship that came to get E.T. We don't know. Yaddle could have been in there. Mm-hmm. I think Yaddle was in there. I'm going to say it. Maybe Yaddle, like, stopped off and, you know, went to Target and checked for Star Wars figures. There wasn't Target in 1983, but we don't know. Could be. Yeah. But Yaddle might have, you know, seen the future and known that Target was coming. And she wanted to get some Black Series figures. She'd be like, yeah. I, I heard they got the Rogue, I heard they got the, the second wave of Rogue One figures. I want a six-inch Krennic, you know? I, and she heard they had deals on Zuvio. <laughs> funds are tight when you're you know exploring new galaxies but it doesn't stop there so in marvel star wars issue 89 which came out in what 1984 Mm -hmm. the the hot issue everyone's favorite issue titled i'll see you in the throne room a depressed luke skywalker is at a bar and he meets a character named braxis who looks like a combination of E.T. and the Grinch stole Christmas. And he's in like a cybernetic wheelchair. But Braxis is identified as an Asogian from planet Brodo Asogi. So another in-universe confirmation of E.T. alien. 
in Star Wars. In Star Wars. It's all true. Now, I don't think I don't think it should I don't think it should stop there. I think Filoni should be bringing ETs into Rebels like every episode. Yeah, well, hey, you know, maybe he will. Maybe the uh the Bendu's going to be like, "Kanan, you got to go check out these guys." <laughs> And learn their healing powers. Yeah, the Asogians. They're awesome. They're really into plants, and they like drinking beer. So you guys are going to get along great. I, I saw another theory with um, that seems pretty good, too, with E.T., that his finger and his belly can glow because it's like a low-intensity force lightning. Ooh. It's like a, a healing force lightning. It's good force lightning. Mm-hmm. Has that ever been explored? Good force lightning? Has any light side force user? Well, I mean, really, what would you use good force lightning for? Yeah. Well, it's more like when he uses his, his healing powers, he kind of channels the electricity below the skin instead of letting it out to do damage. Ah. I mean, it's almost like when you go to absorb the force lightning, it kind of, and his hands kind of glowed a little bit. Oh, that makes sense. And then also the the end of ET with his ship leaving is very very similar to in Revenge of the Sith with uh, Yoda leaving Kashyyyk. Goodbye, Tarfur. Goodbye, Chewbacca. Miss you. I will. Yeah, and, are all, they're all there no, for the, us to find. The argument against it that someone could say, and this is we, if we leave the Star Wars universe, that it's just that it should not be taken this seriously, which I think is a crime, but that it was a promise from Lucas and Spielberg that Spielberg put Yoda in E.T. and then Lucas returned the favor and put E.T.'s in Phantom Menace. And the two guys that created all this do not take any of this as seriously as we do right now. Which I don't, but but I don't think that's true. No, I think in private they would probably admit that it's the same universe. That Senator Griebliebs funded this trip, and the Brodo Asogian alien came to Earth, met Elliot, and we have proof that Star Wars is real. Yeah, well, and if we want to get more into the Spielberg Lucas universe being one of the same, we can look to the one of the best issues of episodes in Star Wars Tales. Yes. Where Han, where Han and Chewie get lost, crash land on Earth. Chewie goes to live in the forest and later is spotted, and people think he's now Sasquatch. Yeah, and, Indiana, and ultimately, yeah. Indiana Jones and Short Round discover the Millennium Falcon. And Indiana Jones sees the skeleton of Han Solo in the Falcon cockpit. Yeah, it's all tied together. It's it's all the same thing. Well, and even even then, like there's in Raiders on in the the Well of Souls, there's three PO and R two carved into the wall. Yeah, there's Club Obi Wan, and there in Clone Wars, one of my favorites. In the Trandoshan treasure room is a crystal skull. Yep. It's all connected. 
it's all connected. The clues are there. You just have to look for them. Well, and even, you know, in the, in the beginning of the movie, it, it's a galaxy far, far away, not another universe. Right. It doesn't say this is a different universe or another dimension. It's just a galaxy far, far away. You don't and know. a long, long time ago, but once you're traveling faster than the speed of light, all that kind of goes out the window. I spent, I, I spent an entire month think, just thinking, doing nothing but thinking about a Trandoshan possibly killing an interdimensional being from King of the Crystal Skull and getting that crystal skull. Yeah. I spent, well, spent a lot of time thinking about that. And that puts, I mean, they weren't just aliens. They were interdimensional beings, which there you go. If they have the technology. Then who's to say that ET's planet doesn't have the technology, I, and which is why they're, they're the explorers that go really far into the, into other galaxies because they have the technology to do it. If the interdimensional beings from Crystal Skull are interdimensional beings for Oxley and Indiana Jones, then E.T. would also be an interdimensional being. This is probably the most important episode of Blast Points we've ever recorded. I think so. I I really hope people are still laying down. (laughs) This can all sink in. They're probably asleep. (laughs) Wake up! We're almost done. <laughs> so, I know, listener, tell us what you think. Give us your theories. Are we way off? Are we right on? What do you think? Is it all one big universe? Is Spalco Governor Price? Will we see ETs again? Yeah, let us know. We want to know. Do we? What do you? What do you believe? <laughs> I want to know. I want to know. Help me. I'm ready. I want to know. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. We don't have any new iTunes reviews this week, but um, but you should fix that for next week and go on iTunes and leave us a five star review. And we'll if you do that, we'll read it on an upcoming show. Yeah, we love to read reviews. We do. I love it. I like it. And also, if you have any questions or comments that you want us to talk about, drop us a line on our Facebook page. Or on Twitter, we're at Blast underscore points. And let us know what you're thinking about. And also, you can look at our page, look at our thing on Instagram. And all of those, you can also find out about upcoming episodes and what's going on. And crazy pictures of mustache X-Wing pilots that we feel like posting. <laughs> yeah, I think if you want to keep up on uh, pilots with mustaches, definitely we'll keep you up to date. <laughs> But yeah, that's about it. We'll be back next week with another episode. Or maybe we'll still be talking about ETs and Star Wars. I don't know. Could be. Yeah, yeah. Tune in and find out. <laughs> Could be part two. <laughs> yeah. We may uncover more uh, more facts. 
<laughs> All right. So until then, uh, on behalf of episode 47 here, thank you for listening. Thanks. See you later. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. Made a full-